welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 62, Commitment 1, Spirit. At this point, I will assume that you know what the seven commitments are. You might not know what they all are or what they are in order or the specific phrases, but if you've been listening to the Field Log podcast for this long, you should at some point have gone to warriorking.cx and read the seven commitments. Right, when I was first coming up with the idea for the Warrior King ethos and the Field Log podcast, I knew that I needed to use a framework to help me understand when certain decisions needed to be made, when you know, you need to prioritize one thing over another, what the categories are in the life of a man, specifically the life of a warrior king. And the framework that I landed on, that was, I think, discovered by me, is the seven commitments framework. And at this point, if you haven't read them all back to back, pause this episode right now. First, go to warriorking.cx, click on the tab at the top that says seven commitments and read through them real quick. It'll take you one minute, right? No more. Well, because we've gone so long with me just mentioning them and quoting from them from time to time, helping you understand how to make decisions. For example, if you have a decision between training and eating clean that day or spending 10 hours studying something that you're interested in, right, developing your mind, you should choose your body over your mind, those kinds of things. So go take a minute real quick, go read those. And when you come back, we're going to talk about commitment number one today. So commitment number one as the title implies, is spirit, right? Spirit meaning spiritual things, the spiritual life, the religious life. In short, God. Your first commitment is to God. And I'm going to read the commitment real quick. My first commitment is to serving my God and His one holy Catholic and apostolic church as expressed in the creed of my holy fathers. Given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with Him. That's commitment number one. So let's break that down for a second, right? My first commitment is to serving my God. As a warrior king, the implication is, or I've said this explicitly too, but the idea is that everything we do, everything we are, everything we pursue, we do for the kingdom of God, right? And of course, I know that many people mean different things when they say different gods. That's why... It goes on to say other things, but let's focus on that for a second and understand that we are talking about the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? This is the God we're referring to, the God that was revealed in the incarnation of the Word, Christ, and was revealed in the Old Testament Scriptures. This has to be the primary focus of your life. It's not optional. It is commitment number one for a reason. If you don't have the spiritual foundation, if you don't have a relationship with your creator, everything is futile. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how much wealth you build. It doesn't matter your intelligence, right? Your skills as a maybe musician or an artist, right? Your craft, all of the relationships you build, right? A lot of people think you can just be a good person, but good needs to be defined, right? Many people will agree on certain things and say, yeah, you know, hurting other people is bad, but not everyone does. There are plenty of people who think that maybe violence is a sign of strength. You might be atheistic and believe this, or you might be into something like Thelema, for example, which is an occult belief system 
um, very, very antagonistic to the warrior king ethos, where the guiding principle is do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want to do. As warrior kings, we don't believe this. We understand that it doesn't make sense. So your first commitment has to be to your God, serving your God, right? When we build wealth, we do it to serve our communities, to serve our family, to serve our church. We use that wealth for good, right? This is not about having the, the fancy watches and the, the nice cars and the big house and everything. You can have those things and there's you no know, utility to presenting an or of authority, right? If you think about, for example, the Orthodox emperors we've had in the past, a great sign of the strength and glory that God can bestow upon somebody, right? So I'm not saying that those things are categorically evil, right? Having nice things. That being said, that's not the purpose of the money. This is not a self-serving philosophy. If you're here because you just want to get shredded and, and be attractive to women and make a lot of money, this isn't for you, right? The, the warrior king's commitment is first and foremost, to his God. I hope that's clear. Then it goes on, and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church is expressed in the creed of my holy fathers. So as we all know, I'm Orthodox, right? I make this very clear when I speak about things, when I reference scriptures, I'm reading from the Orthodox Bible. Scripture interpretations are Orthodox interpretations. That being said, I don't necessarily think that you cannot be a warrior king if you have not been convinced of orthodox theology. I do believe that you have to be a creedal Christian, at the very least. right? You have to be committed to your God and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, as expressed in the creed of our holy fathers. That meaning the Nicene Creed. right? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in once and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, um, begotten of the Father before all ages. It goes on. You can look this up. It's called the Nicene Creed, right? And in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Now, there are different interpretations of this, right? Some people believe in what's called an invisible church, meaning just what unites all Christians on earth, right? Some people, if you're perhaps Roman Catholic, then you believe the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is in Rome. Now, I don't believe those things. I'm Orthodox. I believe that the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is the Orthodox church, that being said, I don't think that that is necessarily required to live the warrior king life, though I would, of course, urge you to find the true church. We're not talking about pagan gods, right? We're not talking about some of the other religions. I'm, I'm really, I don't want to go ahead and start naming religions. I really don't want to upset or alienate anybody. But the reality is that this ethos is for the Christian worldview, right? The Christian, preferably orthodox worldview, the creedal worldview. That means certain non-credal Christians would not fall under that umbrella either, right? And if you know anything about theology, you'll know who I'm talking about. The point being that there is a Christian faith that has been preserved for 2,000 years, of course, in my opinion, fully in the Orthodox Church. That's my belief. But, you know, in some other places as well. But once you start getting into, you know, theologies where Christ is not the Son of God, or maybe he wasn't fully human, or... Those kinds of things, it's too far. It, it, it starts to drift away, right? And the last thing I'm trying to sound like here is ecumenist, right? I'm not saying that as long as you believe in the triune God and the creed, then you're, you know, a proper Christian, quote-unquote proper Christian. I am orthodox, and I'm unapologetic about that fact. But to be a warrior king, you don't necessarily have to be orthodox. Though, again, I would strongly urge you to read the Church Fathers, right? To read... 
apocryphal texts to Protestants and even to Catholics, we have some texts that they don't have and see the wisdom in that and maybe try to convince yourself of that. But the point being that our first commitment is to the triune Christian God and the church, right? It goes on then, given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with him. And this is a huge deal. I think this is the one phrase that I quote the most out of all the seven commitments. Given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with him, meaning God. If you try to build your wealth potential and it doesn't work out for you, right? We've talked about this in the episode, receive your blessings. Go listen to that after this, if you haven't already. God might not have that in store for you, right? God might understand your character or he might. He definitely understands your character better than you do. He understands you fully, but he might come to the conclusion that wealth will corrupt you. So you might work on this all the time. And, you know, maybe you'll look at your, the seven commitments and say, well, you know, commitment number two is stewardship. And I keep working and trying to build wealth, but it just never works out for me. I keep maybe being laid off or accidents happen and I'm, I can't catch a break, those kinds of things. If you're really doing everything you can, it's not working out for you. You have to be content with that. And this is really hard to accept for a lot of people, right? There's people who fall, sort of fall on two sides of the extreme here. On the one hand, they think in order to live a fulfilled life, they have to be rich. That is absolutely not true. I mean, you have to be successful or fit or intelligent or have you know, a lot of love in your life and you know, be married and have children. You don't actually need any of those things. You need God. That's all you need. Given nothing else, you'll be content with just God. Right, And then, of course, there's the other extreme where people will say that anything that isn't God isn't even worth pursuing. I don't believe that either because I know, and we've talked about this before as well, the great good that wealth can do. Right, We've talked about this idea that's in the Orthodox Study Bible in the footnotes that if you give financial aid to someone doing some sort of spiritual ministry, you become a co-worker in that. So you might have gifts that don't necessarily lend themselves to being some sort of great spiritual you know, evangelist or preacher or priest or wonder worker, well, you can still do your part. You can support that. But at the end of the day, while we don't ignore God because he's our primary focus, our biggest priority, and we don't demonize anything that isn't God, right? There is utility to practical things, right? Even anyone who is a Christian will tell you, no matter how ascetic and austere they are, they'll tell you that, you know, like clothes serve a good purpose like having clothes. So there are things that we can make use of that aren't God. That being said, God is all you need for a complete, fulfilled, beautiful life. Not only is he all you need, he is the single requirement for that life. You can't live a truly fulfilled life without a connection with your creator. I promise you, I promise you, you can't do it. So that's the first commitment right? Our first commitment is to God. It is to the triune Christian God, to his church. And we understand that this is the only thing we need for a powerful life, for a life worth living, for the warrior king life. So at this point, we've discussed what the first commitment is. And I can imagine that some people listening to this, maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you don't believe in the Christian God, or maybe you don't believe in the Nicene Creed or those kinds of things. Just understand that you are free to believe what you want to believe. 
but that the warrior king ethos is just not for you in that case. That this is specifically meant for people who are trying to become the best man they can be, for men who are trying to become the best man they can be, to serve God's purposes. That is the only reason we're here. And if that doesn't align with your worldview, I wish you all the best. I hope you'll change your mind. But do not be offended that there are people in the world who believe this, right? As I'm equally not offended by people who believe other things. Plenty of people in my life, right? My entire family is not orthodox. I have plenty of friends from college who aren't orthodox. I have people at work that I I love very much that I get along with really well who aren't orthodox or even Christian in many cases. That doesn't offend me. But we have to get past this, right? As As a society, as humans, we have to get past being offended by other people's beliefs. If someone's beliefs are evil, I still, I'm not offended by that. I don't get offended by people who believe in Thelema, right? That you can do whatever you want. I'm sad about it. I might feel righteous anger, but that person's existence doesn't offend me because I understand that the devil is the king of lies and people will believe these things. So I do hope that if you don't believe in the first commitment or any of the warrior king commitments that you won't be offended by this. Just understand that maybe the things that you're pursuing would be better found elsewhere. But with that out of the way, let's talk some strategies, right? And this is the way I usually like to do it, right? First half, we talk about the idea. Second half, we talk about how can we do this in our lives. And a lot of this will sound very familiar, but we want to have it all in one place. The first thing you need to do is you need to ask yourself, am I pursuing God? Right? If let's say you do want to live the warrior king life, and maybe you believe in God, maybe you don't, but you've come to the realization that I want to commit myself to this. I want to be the man that's being portrayed here. First, ask yourself, do I have a relationship with God? Right? Am I baptized? Am I chrismated? Am I attending liturgy? Am I praying daily? Uh, or, you know, praying at all? And once you've determined whether or not you have a relationship with God, ask yourself, is that relationship moving in the right direction? And since we're talking about spiritual things today, right, my usual disclaimer, I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian, please check all of this with your spiritual father. That being said, I want to share some of my experiences that might be useful to you. The one thing that I don't think is very useful is to ask yourself, is my relationship with God good enough? Right? Is it, uh, is it good? Is it where it needs to be? Because it's never going to be where it needs to be, right? You're never going to get to a point in your life, you know, maybe you're like 35 or 50 or 70 or 90. It doesn't matter and be like, yeah, my, my relationship with God is maxed out. I'm exactly where I need to be. That's not going to happen. Anytime you assess your relationship with God, once you realize you have one, you're going to realize that you are lacking. God always holds up his side of the bargain, but we many times do not. All the time, pretty much, unfortunately. So rather than asking yourself, is my relationship with God where it needs to be? I think the question that's been very useful to me, and I hope will be useful to you, is, is my relationship with God moving in the right direction? So don't measure position, measure, measure velocity. Am I growing in my relationship with God? Am I deepening in my relationship with God? Am I praying more intensely, more intentionally? Am I forgiving more? Am I more faithful, right? Do the things in daily life scare me? There's a part in the morning prayers that I find very beautiful where it goes, teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul and with firm conviction that thy will governs all, right? Do you have that posture? Are you treating the events in your life 
with the understanding that everything is either sent or allowed by God. So, ask yourself those things. Look, am I moving in the right direction? Am I doing more things? Am I always looking for ways to continue to educate myself on my faith, right? I talk to people all the time, and when they find out that I'm Orthodox, and you know, they'll ask why, and my primary reason, the thing that truly convinced me was you know, sort of deeper theology, you know, things like metaphysics, those kinds of things. And a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I don't care about theology much. Well, you should, because everything we do as Christians is theology, right? Do you believe Christ is the Son of God? I've used this example before. That's theology. If you believe you should be at church, if you're reading your scriptures, that's theology. So ask yourself, am I deepening in my theological knowledge? It doesn't have to be metaphysics. It can be any type of theology. It can be, you know, daily practices, reading the lives of the saints, those kinds of things. Ask yourself, am I moving in the right direction? And if you're not, you need an action plan, right? And the best person to talk to about this, of course, would be your priest. But some of the things that I found really useful in this area are uh, ascetical practices. And I really think that that's what they're meant for. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about orthodoxy is we have church agreed upon ascetical practices that everyone partakes in, if able, right? For example, I talk about the fast sometimes. Orthodox Christians, we fast, I think it's 270 days out of the year. That's, I think, about two-thirds, right? More than two-thirds even, maybe something like 70%. So on those fasting days, we're going to abstain from some kind of food. Usually it's meat, dairy, eggs, fish, wine, and olive oil, right? It basically reduces you to a vegan and shellfish. That's how I explain it to people. Just think that I'm vegan and shellfish. Right now, as I'm recording this episode, we're in the middle of Lent, right? Besides one slip-up, I've had this Lent, I think, or, or two slip-ups. I've eaten vegan plus shellfish. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Now, for some people, it's more difficult than it is for me. And you, of course, would know if it's more difficult for you than it is for other people. But you know, some people are really into food. Some people really struggle with that. You know, and of course, if you have health, issues that prevent you from that, you talk to your priest, you get a dispensation. But an ascetical practice like that is very powerful. Then, of course, prayer, right? Are you praying consistently? Your spiritual father is going to give you a prayer rule, right? And a prayer rule is just, these are the prayers that you say every day. For most people, it's relatively basic. Mine is very basic. It's just morning prayers, evening prayers. And I'm so bad at doing my prayers consistently that my spiritual father has adjusted mine that my morning prayers, rather than being about 15 minutes, they're only about two or three minutes. And then the evening prayers are the usual 10 minutes, eight eight to 10 minutes. But you have to be fasting. You have to be praying. And you have to be giving alms, right? And you'll recognize this list from the scriptures. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. These are sort of the three big activities in a Christian life. And almsgiving is so wonderful, so beautiful, because A, You see the fruits of your labor when you've been building your wealth as a man living the warrior king life, when you've been building your earning potential and you give that away and you see the joy in people's eyes, right? The other day I was at a stoplight and a guy had me roll down my window and he said, hey, you know, we're from this this church in, I think it was was Charlotte or something. And he said, we have this ministry where we just, you know, take care of homeless people. And it wasn't an Orthodox church, but the man was out there in the heat knocking on people's windows or talking to them and holding up the flyer. I handed him a 20. You know, I'm very blessed that I can do that. Just give away money at a whim. And giving alms like that, or when you give the tithe to the church, and we've had an episode on this, tithing, and you get to see the fruits of that. You know, the church always has, you know, coffee, a coffee hour, and there's 
the building is maintained and it's cleaned by people that get paid money. So almsgiving is, is a very beautiful thing. And two, it teaches you not to become attached to your wealth. You can't be attached to it. And we'll talk about that tomorrow in the stewardship episode. We're going to go through all seven commitments. But that's, that's something it teaches you. So really the blueprint is right there. It's in the scriptures. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And then when you're partaking in those activities, you measure, are they yielding fruit? Right? There is a very often misinterpreted quote in the scriptures where the Lord says, you shall know them by their fruits. A lot of people, you know, twist and turn those words to mean, oh, like if you're living a life that's, you know, like you're wealthy and you're happy and you're successful, that means you're doing things right in God's book. No, that's not what that means. When Christ says fruits, he means the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to look those up real quick so we can read them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right? And I don't know, I remember what verse this is from. I think it was St. Paul who said this. But these are the things by which we measure our spiritual progress. Am I growing in love? Am I growing in joy? Not happiness, not pleasure, joy. Am I growing in peace? Do I feel anxious all the time or am I at peace? Am I more patient? Am I kinder? Am I being generous? Right? We just talked about this, almsgiving. Am I faithful? Am I gentle? Do I have self-control? This is how you measure your spiritual progress, by the fruits of the Spirit. So I want you to meditate on this today, right? We just talked about how you can assess whether or not you're living the first commitment to the best of your ability. Talk to your priest, talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Look at your life, look how you're spending your time. Assess if you're growing in the fruits of the Spirit and be honest with yourself. There is no benefit to lying to yourself here. The only benefit comes from living the spiritual life in humility and understanding that this is the life God has given to us. There's a very famous saying in Orthodoxy, and I wish I knew who said it, but this life was given to us for the work of repentance. I think it might have been St. Isaac the Syrian who said this, but I'm not sure. This life was given to us for repentance. That's why you're here, to build a relationship with God, to repent of your sins, to grow closer to Him, And if you do that, you're set. That's all you need in life. Now, of course, there's going to be time left over, time that you can use for the glory of the kingdom, and that's what the other commitments are for. But that being said, I really urge you to assess your relationship with the Lord. And I I do this too, right? I do this every time I make confession. I do this hopefully very frequently, right? The other day I took another trip down to visit my friends and I was praying for about an hour and a half on my way down there and I try to challenge myself in those ways. And you should do that too. So ask yourself those questions today. Make a note. As always, make a note. Make an implementation intention. Ask yourself, am I living the spiritual life? Am I connecting with my Lord, my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ, and His church? And if you do that, and you have a plan, and you continue to work on it, you will build a beautiful relationship. The best thing you can do ever in your entire existence. The reason you were made. Do that. Build that relationship, right? Connect with God today. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. 
You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.